Welcome to episode three of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Again, I want to start this episode by saying thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far. Um, We're really grateful for the support. If you've got any mates that you think would enjoy the podcast, then please share it with them. Um, It's been really interesting to see where the podcast has reached so far. Um, As well as the UK, we've had listeners in America, Australia, Belgium and Norway. I would love to hear some stories about what it's like going to away games in different countries. So if anyone listening outside of the UK would like to feature on the podcast, then please get in touch. The email address is wecansayyousneakingout at gmail.com. Episode three this week is with Alex Morrison. Alex went viral on Twitter last year after sharing his story about he came about following Kefan Druids. Him and his mates essentially picked the Druids at random and have been going ever since for nearly 20 years. The Druids play in the Welsh Football League, so maybe not the most popular or glamorous league, but Alex's story is really interesting and it includes presenting Man the Match Awards as well as travelling to Lithuania for your European qualifier. So we don't just need fans of the big clubs to enjoy a European away day story. As mentioned, I want to get away day experiences from all different levels, so hopefully you enjoy the variety. Um, We do have recordings booked in with fans from all levels of English football, Um, And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to those who have shown an interest in coming on as a guest so far. Without the guests, we wouldn't have a show. And I really appreciate people giving up their time to share their stories with us. If you've got any ideas for guests that you think would be good, then again, please send them my way. Um, We've now cleared up the audio for episodes one and two. um, So you may find them a bit shit, a bit echoey, I think is the technical term. Um, So please feel free to go back and listen to them again as the sound is much, much clearer. It's fair to say this is a learning curve um, for us as we're new to podcasts. So again, we're grateful for your patience and any feedback. And lastly, and maybe most excitingly, uh, the free giveaway is now live. So there's a £50 voucher up for grabs from theterrorstore.com. So they're the home of retro and fan culture merchandise. They've got loads of um, amazing football products you can order from illustrations to mugs to pet bandanas. So go and check out their website. The link is in the description below. All you need to do to enter the giveaway is follow us on Twitter, so that, that's at we can see you Pod. like the free giveaway post that went up today, and then comment below on that post with your favourite away ground to visit. The winner will be announced on Friday the 31st of March, which is next week. Um, so good luck with that, enjoy episode 3, and I'll speak to you all next week. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Alex. Alex is a new Kevin Druids fan, so maybe a team that not many people have heard about, but I uh, know he has a really interesting story about his involvement with that club. Alex, welcome. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Tom. Great. So yeah, I think, certainly I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that maybe people don't have a huge knowledge of the, the Welsh Football League. So I guess first what I'd like you to, to give us a bit of context is just tell us who new Kevin Druids are, you know, what league, um, what sort of standard, any sort of notable players perhaps? Uh, yeah, so they, they for years they've played in the Welsh Premier League or the top league in Wales had various names, but uh, they've they played in that division. They're currently playing in the, in the second tier in Wales. 
Okay. Uh, so and and sorry, Tom, just to quickly correct, it's not new. It's just Kevin Druids. Right. right. Uh, there used to be Newey. Uh, I don't know if you want to pause and uh, okay. and go again. That's fine. So they, they used to be sponsored by North East Wales Institute. So it was Newey Kevin Druids, but now right. it's just Kevin Druids. Right. Okay. That, so that just shows that I've obviously got a lack of knowledge as well. So when, no, 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 actually, when we first started sporting them, they were Flexis Kevin Druids, which I think is like a rubber company or something. Uh, so it was one of those teams that had their sponsor's name in the title. Uh, but obviously, times have got got better for them, and they no, they no longer have to be the uh, Flexis or Newy Kevin Druids. They can just be themselves. <laughs> okay, and they're in. So whereabouts in Wales are they? North Wales, near very close to Wrexham. Uh, so they they just missed out on the Ryan Reynolds sponsorship, and they've had to make do with us instead. <laughs> and did it? Do you have they had any sort of notable players that we might have heard of in the past? Yeah, not that I can think of. I can't think of anyone that's gone on to. I mean, they, they obviously there's players that come from kind of Wrexham and kind of football league level, sort of Shrewsbury and that and that kind of thing. Decent pros from that kind of level. I can't think of anyone who went on from the Druids to play you know, to become really, you know, sort of Gareth Bale or anything. And I can't also think of anyone who kind of, you know, I guess it was, as supporters of smaller clubs, sometimes you get the the former internationals who come back, you know, come down to your level on the on the latter end of their career. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a Stevenage fan in my day job. We've had a few, you know, a few kind of Premier League players play for us, you know, in the in the late, you know, sort of mid-30s. But I can't think of any of, any of that for the Druids, I'm afraid. Okay. And um, are they sort of part-time it's a good question yeah i think so uh yeah certainly like when i've chatted to the players previously lots of them have had other jobs i hope that's on the books i hope that's allowed uh, but yeah they're yeah i think they're a part-time thing manager i think has been full-time in, in recent years but yeah not a, a semi-pro actor i'd say yeah okay great and you're in you're based in the southwest of england is that right yeah that's right so, so i guess the next question would be how did you come about supporting the druids yeah so i, I went to uh, i'm from the southwest of england anyway but i went to x to uni and we're sitting around in our halls of residence i guess right near the beginning of university so you know i guess it must have been kind of september that would have been 2001 right. we're watching soccer saturday or whatever soccer saturday was called you know final score or whatever in 2001 uh and the score's coming in and we were just having a chat about how we needed a team we could all support together, which ruled out English teams because, you know, we had Liverpool fans, Man United fans, me as a solitary Stevenage fan. So that wasn't going to work. And then literally, as we said that, this scoreline from the Welsh Premier League popped up and it was Flexus Kevin Druids. And they'd, I remember they'd lost 6-0. <laughs> and actually, since, since this went viral on Twitter like a few months ago, someone's actually gone back through the archives and found the scoreline, the actual game it must have been. I think it might have been Barry Town that beat them 6-0. Someone sent me this like detailed thing about that game because at the time, obviously, we didn't really think anything of it. We just thought it was a bit of fun. Uh, so, yeah, so we agreed we'd be Flex's Kevin Druids fans. And this being 2001, I wrote them a letter uh, and sent it in the posts and everything. Uh, and kind of, I was kind of tongue-in-cheek thinking it was a bit funny. Can we be your extra base fan club? thinking they wouldn't reply or they'd have a chuckle at it and, and not much more. And then we got a letter back from the club, a box back from the club with shirts, scarves, badges, all kinds of stuff. 
uh, and a letter saying, yeah, great, you can be our extra fan club. You're very welcome, as long as you don't bring more than 2,000 people, which would be just about the whole population of the university at that time. So we obviously weren't, <laughs> weren't doing that. Uh, but we did, they very much called our bluff. And so somehow, a few months later, we found ourselves on a minibus at about five o'clock in the morning. So we picked more or less the furthest away Welsh team we could have picked. <laughs> Uh, and I think we even had to get the A to Z out again, showing, you know, pre-Google Maps. And we thought, oh, God, we could have could have picked Cardiff Met or Swansea or something. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so uh, set off on this epic minibus journey to meet a very friendly but somewhat baffled group of supporters of this small town, small village, really Welsh team, uh, and then say, hey, we're your new supporters. <laughs> That's amazing. And how many sort of fans do they have what what is their like average attendance i'd say over the years it's definitely fluctuated a lot and they've moved ground in the meantime so that the fortunes of the club have kind of risen and fallen but i'd be amazed if there's we've been to a game where it's ever been more than about 250 i mean they had a playoff to get into europe so i think they they played that at wrexham and they got a uh Actually, you know, the, the playoff they played at home with quite a big crowd and they played their actual European tie at Wrexham. So I'm sure they got a big crowd for that. But I mean, quite often it's been like 20 of us and another 40, maybe other people. So we're, we're a substantial proportion of the home crowd when we're there. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And what was that? So that first game, how, how was that experience? So what were you, because I guess, you know, if you, you've already had an interest in football, you may have visited some different stadiums before going to the Druid Stadium. So what was that like? Yeah, so it was great. It was a kind of mix between, you know, the sort of clubhouse at the local club you might, or people that are listening might have played for. You know, you sort of get changed in a sort of back room of the bar and then come out and just have a pint with the players and that kind of thing. So so to me as a Stevenage fan, I'd been away to kind of smaller clubs in like the conference back then to like, Southport and Nuneaton and that kind of thing and it was a bit sort of below that but kind of familiar to me but we had pals with us who were you know diehard sort of Man United Liverpool fans obviously all from Surrey because that's where Man United and Liverpool fans come from (laughs) Uh, and so yeah so like I was there going guys this is this is what you know non-league football this is what this is all about and I kind of looked around thinking my pals around me would be like oh my god where are we what is this but actually, like the, the yeah, the club were really friendly. The players came and sort of had a few drinks with us. It just it was just really good fun, really friendly. I had a good chat with like the away fans, and you know, ref comes in. You just talk to the ref after the game about decisions. <laughs> I mean, God knows what our opinions of his decisions were after you know five pints of lager. But uh, yeah, it was just really fun. And and so you know, on the way back, the chat, you know, again, what quality of chat there was, I don't know. But the chat was all about we definitely need to make this an annual thing and. Here we are in 2023, and that was uh, 2001, and we're still doing it. Okay, so you've been going for 22 years now. That's amazing. And am I right in thinking that you there's like a little bit of friendly competition within that group? Has everyone made it every 23 years? No. So, so we should say that we missed. It. Obviously, COVID kind of blocked us. So we're sort of on year. I think the next one will be our 20th sort of proper official trip as it were okay uh, but yeah so so like your podcast we've stole our name from a, a football song uh so we're druids till i die uh, and so that was the idea it's a, a competition called a tontine we discovered this word which is a 
literally last man standing wins so so it is druids till i die right so if you were to die you'd you'd have successfully gone to the druids every year <laughs> happily all of us are still alive we're only in our early 40s so uh, you know hopefully we've got a few years to go but yeah so anyone who's missed it for any reason other than mortality uh, has been eliminated so there is only two of us now that have been to every game there's a lot that have been to like 16 17 18 out of 20 yeah uh, and the, the most recent guy to drop out of it had an emergency appendix operation on the day of the game oh, no. so he argued that he would have died had he come but unfortunately <laughs> the song is not druids till i almost die it's <laughs> it's till i die so unfortunately he has been knocked out okay so and you're left you're one of those two i'm yeah one of the remaining two yeah it's, it's now uh I know sort of if I hear a, a sort of loud noise, I sort of duck because I think maybe the other guy is going to be coming for me. But <laughs> is there a pri- is there a prize on offer? No, it's, it's much bigger than prizes. <laughs> and um, and how often, how many games are you sort of going to each season? Literally just one. Uh, so we're kind of weird fans. So we're normally, you, you know, a, a diehard fan would go to every game. Uh, you know, in a season, and like like me supporting Stevenage, I used to go home and away, and actually now I live in Devon, and I've got, uh, you know, a family, and you know, I've got children and stuff. I hardly get there, but with the Druid thing, it's kind of, it's it's kind of the opposite. Instead of being concentrated fans for a few seasons, when you you know when you're really into it, we're we're sort of long term fans, but on a really like restricted basis. So <laughs> it's like a it's like a long term study into the Druids that we're doing. <laughs> uh so yeah we have been to a few extras there was a welsh cup final that me and uh one of the others went to that's will who had the uh the unfortunate appendectomy he and i went to that uh that was in uh banger i think and then there was a, a european game as i mentioned where six of us went to lithuania but we agreed that all that stuff would be extra because the kind of the flip side of the druids till i die thing is we have to all agree on a date in advance. Obviously, you can't sneak it on people and then say, "Oh, you didn't make it." Yeah. So those those things have have been extracurriculars that don't affect the the competition. And and you mentioned a cup final there. So and European football. So the Druids have had a little bit of success in the time you've been sort of following them. Yeah, and actually, they tend to win when we go because I think having sort of yeah, sort of ten to twenty five roaring super enthusiastic fans does make a difference in a kind of small in a in a small uh stadium uh but yeah so we've had definitely ups and downs they obviously have been relegated uh now last season i think they only won one game so that you know it's been been lows as well uh but yeah so they got to welsh cup final uh, which unfortunately they lost uh and they got into europe the, the welsh system's slightly odd there because I think the top six all play... I think the winner goes into the Champions League, but after that, the top six kind of play playoffs. They sort of splits into a top and bottom like the Scottish League does. Okay. And then there's a playoff. So basically, the Druids played a playoff against, I think it was Cardiff Met, the kind of university team, and won that playoff and then played in the like very early rounds of the Europa League against a team called FK Trakai in Lithuania. So I think... I can't remember the scores... Definitely the Druids didn't score. We travelled to Lithuania and they, I think they either lost, they either drew nil-nil and lost an aggregate or lost one nil. But it was a pretty bleak, pretty bleak time to be in Lithuania, to be honest. <laughs> and what, so what was Lithuania like? Well, so we stayed in the, in the same hotel as the players uh, in the middle of, I 
think it was Vilnius, and that was really good. It was quite, it was quite a nice hotel. And then the players kind of came out to get on the bus and we were all sort of, you know, creating a sort of tunnel of cheering fans. But with the weird kind of caveat that normally the cheering fans would outnumber the players. Yeah. You know, like if it was a scrum of people seeing, you know, Man United arriving for a game or something, but there were six of us and obviously a squad full of players. So you can see the players all looking like this is a bit odd. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's you've got to you've got to lean into that when you're part of the Druid side. So we... Uh, yeah, we sort of played our musical instruments, which none of us can actually play, but we gave it a go um, <laughs> and uh, cheered him on. And then that was good. But then, yeah, it was like a two or two and a half hour bus journey to some sort of stadium, like in the middle of a forest. And the police kept us completely at one end of the, like not quite behind the goal, but in one corner. The other team's fans were in the other corner and the whole middle part of the stadium and three sides were completely empty. So we had literally no interaction you know, we weren't within a hundred meters of the other team's supporters. Right. And there was like 60 of us, like all the, you know, Druids fans in total and probably like 20 police kind of surrounding us. And obviously we were completely good natured. We had no intention of breaking yeah. Lithuanian law for any reason. Uh, so it was just a bit sort of, a bit sterile, a bit strange. Yeah. But hey, it was good. To, it was great for the Druids. And it was obviously, you know, fun to see them in that, in that kind of stage. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately we didn't go all the way to the final. And uh, what, what happened after that then, after that game? Did you stay another night? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went back to the hotel and saw saw the players back there. But I think, to be honest, we sort of took them, took, took some sort of beers for the bus and that kind of thing. But by the time we sort of got on this huge bus journey, sort of been to this strange experience of this stadium in the middle of nowhere, got the bus back. I think we were just about ready, to, ready for bed by the time we got back. I think I think some of our uh, younger and keener group kind of went out into hit the town in Lithuania. But... Um, yeah, I think the lack of the lack of the Druids getting a goal are kind of knocked the stuffing out of us by then. Yeah, it's a long you know way it's to like, go. Get, well, yeah, it's I guess any football fan knows like the journey back from a sort of you build yourself up thinking this is going to be great, and then the journey back when you've lost and it hasn't it hasn't been much of a game, you sort of you know you're glad enough to get go home and go to bed at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's because all you know you live far away from the Druids, don't you? So you have a long journey every time, even when you're going to watch them at home. Oh. Well, yeah, and we had to go to Luton just to get the flight to Lithuania. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of an odyssey that one. Yeah, that's great. And I know that you've been. There has been some other sort of journeys where you've actually ended up travelling and not seen any football. Was that because of adverse weather conditions? Yeah. So incredibly, in the in the nineteen or whatever it is games we've been to, we've managed to get two snowed off. Uh, and they've got an all-weather pitch, so you'd think that couldn't happen. But basically, they've kind of figured out that if you drag a sort of tractor and a plow over this lovely sort of 3G pitch that they've got, it's actually pretty damaging, so they can't do that. Uh, but, I mean, one of them, we got to Wrexham, and it ha- we didn't couldn't see any sign of snow. And then in the, like, mile, mile and a half down to Kevin Mao, where the Druids play, suddenly it was, you know, it was like, like some, you know, like the middle of winter in sort of frozen north there's like six inches of snow and you got to the pitch and it was you know like shin deep snow uh so they, they kindly let us play we sort of took a couple of goals of sort of five side goals and had this insane sort of snow game on the pitch but <laughs> there was no sign of any uh any quality football to watch <laughs> and um so did you not have any idea that there was snow in that area before you set off i think on that one they didn't i think there was just a sudden 
I think we 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 stayed up on the Friday night on that one for nice. the Saturday morning game, and I think that I think we got a text off someone at the club at like eleven in the morning saying, you know, some snow coming down here, just you know, just to let you know. But obviously, we're already, you know, we've already made it. And, and to be fair to them, like I say, they let us have a kick around on the pitch, and I'm sure they opened the bar for us. But uh, yeah, disappointing, obviously, to make that journey. And again, it's a football fans. Uh, I, I feel like football's got better at this actually. Now you don't generally get to 2 p.m. before you find out that the 3 p.m. Saturday games are off. But no, uh, I've definitely gone around the country and had that experience before of frozen or waterlogged pitches. And then you're just like, oh, great. We're just going to turn around and go back. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And you've also been involved then. It sounds like the club sort of really embraced your support and and you, you've got some sort of additional opportunities in terms of presenting Man of the Match awards, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Over the years, we've done all kinds of things like that. On my uh, my my stag do doubled as the we did a sort of druids trip or stag drew stag druids trip stag do. And uh, on that one, my lovely friends made me dress up as a druid. You know, as a sort of Stonehenge sort of druid in a long robe. And so there's a picture of me giving the man of the match bottle of champagne to a young lad who played for the druids. And he couldn't look more baffled as to what is going on, <laughs> which is completely fair. Um, this just random dude dressed up as a druid handing him a, bo- a bottle of drink. Uh, so, yeah, they've, they've been very good to us in that way. Uh, and like I say, because it's all weather now, they let us kind of have a kick around on the pitch normally. Uh, they always do us kind of food and, uh, yeah, just generally makes welcome. And that's that's the thing that made us come back after the first year was that we weren't, they didn't just sort of serve us drinks and just leave us to one corner. They kind of, you know, people at the club have always kind of made an effort to get to know us. And obviously we have with them. Um, and it's obviously that, those sort of familiar faces and sort of stories that you build up over time that keep you kind of going back to that, something like that. Yeah, that's great. And what, what was the what was the football like then? What was your impression of the standard of football? Uh, I <laughs> It's 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 changed a lot over time. I think it's fair to say that it was quite sort of muddy FA Cup tie football in the early years. I mean, I obviously say this understanding that the people playing for the Druids are a lot better at football than than you and me, you know, than, than sort of, I don't know, unless you're a former pro. But, you know, it's one of those things, one or two of the lads that come along are like, oh, we could play at this level. It's like, no, you can't. Like the playing semi-professional football is a, is a big cut above. You know, these are like the kids that were best in their sort of school at football. Yeah. But certainly in the early years, I think it's fair to say it wasn't a sort of amazing spectacle of technical footballing genius. I think over the years, they got a lot better and, and actually playing on the all-weather pitch and stuff means that they the, the kind of football you kind of have to play and the kind of football they do play is a lot better um but yeah i think anyone who's sort of been to their local sort of i don't know sort of northern league or isthmian league or ryman league those those kind of things in england probably i guess it's sort of an equivalent standard yeah yeah and uh, do you have any are there any games or moments that stick out in particular that you've been to do you have like a favorite game that you've that you you took the trip for yeah we do so the, the third year which is we had a 
we sort of recruited a load of extra people. So sort of like 25 of us, I think it's kind of, at, that's around the sort of peak. It's normally about 15. Right. And so this was at Plas Canaston Lane, which was their old ground, which is now Tesco, uh, which is kind of what, uh, Tesco buying their ground is what kind of set the club up and allowed them to move to this much better place, the rock that they are now. Um, but so the pitch down there, was kind of in a bit of a bowl. If you can kind of pitch turning up to sort of Sunday football in a, a pitch that's kind of at the bottom of a of a valley and that obviously tends to fill up with water uh and it was kind of thunder and lightning it was druids against port port talbot the two nil down at some stage the druids weather getting worse and worse tackling getting worse and worse <laughs> referee losing control uh and basically the druids came back to win three two i think they scored two penalties there was a big punch up in which two of the opposition players and one of the Druids players got sent off. <laughs> and then even even then, even with nine men, the other team got kind of clean through on goal. And the Druids captain, who's a kind of a kind of legend of our of our trip, we've seen him lots of times at Alad Rowlands, kind of tripped over and sort of the player was going past him and he just reached out his arm and just picked the ball up. You know, the the the, the guy was past him, but he <laughs> But he took the straight red card, which was inevitably coming because, you know, it's like 10 minutes to go and it's going to be nine aside anyway. So it sort of didn't matter. So, uh, yeah, I just remember the, <laughs> Port Talbot only had four supporters. This uh, These two couples kind of sort of middle-aged, and to my eyes at the time, kind of older couples who'd sat there sort of politely uh, politely clapping their team. I just remember us giving them a massive roar of like, you're not singing anymore. <laughs> so they absolutely hadn't been. Uh, so we, we did have to buy them apology drinks afterwards, but we we're looking for some opposing fans to uh, to give some stick to. But yeah, I think, I think the independent that year, so that's like 2003, 2004 did like a best matches, football matches of the year, which saw like Premier League games. I don't know if there's world cup that year, that kind of stuff. And I think at like number nine, somewhere down the end of that, was that game, which given that like 150 people were at it, yeah. how it how it featured into that. But yeah, it was absolutely chaotic. And I do remember one of the Port Talbot players punched one of the Druids players right in front of us. Jesus. Uh, and the linesman's kind of standing there. And one of the one of the guys, the guy I mentioned, Will, who who had the uh, who missed the trip because of his appendix out, said to the linesman, "Lino, you saw that? You saw him punch him? You saw him punch him?" And he just wouldn't let it go. And eventually, the linesman goes over to the ref and starts talking to him. And lo and behold, out comes a red card. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you know, like in a football melee, almost anyone could be booked or sent off. Yeah. yeah. It kind of takes the ref to pick on someone. I think that's kind of why two of the other team's players got sent off and only one of the Druids players did because it was kind of like a red card each. And then, like I say, Will just absolutely picked on this this linesman who had, to be fair, seen a very clear punch. It wasn't, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't it was a Premier League handbags. It was a proper punch up. Uh, but so, yeah, the Druids end up with the extra man, which allows them a spare man to get sent off later on for a handball. <laughs> That's amazing. And you, you do think, don't you... Well, I certainly do. When referees, when there's like thirty thousand people shouting at one ref, you think, well, surely he's going to be influenced. But actually, I guess at that level, they're going to hear a lot more, aren't they? What the individuals yeah, if you are can saying hear on that, the pitch. If you can hear that voice, yeah, exactly. Just someone saying, "You saw that. I saw that. You saw it." It really didn't really leave him with anywhere to go. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be too proud about getting people sent off. But then I guess if you will punch someone on a football pitch, you might get sent off. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned there, obviously, the uh, Druids Till I Die um, had a bit of a fan's favourite in terms of Alad Rowlands. 
so I guess I want to ask how how has the relationships what have the, what's that been like with the players because again you know you do spend time with them afterwards they'll again they'll be hearing probably everything that you're saying on the sideline when they're playing so how have those relationships been and are you you know are you sort of well received by the players yeah i think so we try to do kind of songs we we look at the sort of lineups you know because as i say going once a year the, the the players can change quite a bit so we sort of look and we try and make a song for everybody they've got a, a long-serving goalie at the moment called michael jones so we do a sort of me and Michael Jones to the tune of me and Mrs. Jones song, which is embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing for him and for us. Uh, and we, yeah, there's a striker called Josh Locke. We do a Josh Locke's on fire, you know, to the Will Grigg yeah. uh, thing. Uh, so, yeah, I think generally, I mean, obviously we, I think both sides of it know, like both us and the players sort of know it's a bit of fun and, you know, it can be slightly embarrassing when you come face to face in the clubhouse sort of buy a beer for each other when you've sort of been doing this ridiculous singing for an hour and a half but yeah they're like they've they've always been very friendly at least if they've ever found us annoying they've been kind enough not to say so um and then yeah we sometimes meet them out you go out and wreck them after and we've we've definitely you know washed up in various sort of pubs and nightclubs over the years and found ourselves with some of the druids players <laughs> that's incredible so do you normally spend a weekend up there when you go up yeah, we know we definitely stay for the night. Uh, some, yeah, some of the guys come up on the like the Saturday morning. To kind of people come from all over the place. So it kind of depends. Like one or two of the guys have come from really far. I think on the stag do one that I mentioned, one of the boys came back from New Zealand. Uh, one of the guys came over from the states. But for the most part, it's people coming from sort of like the southeast. We've got one guy in the Isle of Man. One or two kind of live a bit closer, and then like me and a few of the others live kind of down in Devon. So. Yeah, Friday night maybe, but then definitely Saturday night, and then obviously on Sunday, we just want to go home and sleep it off. Yeah, you did, you could have got you could have got married there, could you? Did you ever look at that? I just didn't. I think it's probably best for my uh, for my <laughs> chances of that marriage ever happening that I uh, <laughs> didn't do that. <laughs> Actually, the Druids though is in my wedding vows. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, completely mad. But uh, so we there's a line. Uh, in eating my wife's and my wedding vows kind of mirror lines where uh, about things that are important to you. I'm going to, you know, respect the things that are important to you, such as, and for her, for her one that she had to say was the Druids. Uh, and mine, it's my wife's loves of love of cats and penguins. Um, I've not yet, man- actually, no, we have, we have seen penguins. We were, we saw penguins on a holiday uh, and we've got two cats. So I think we're, we're both upholding our, uh, our side of it. Yeah. Has she ever been to a Druids game? She hasn't been to a Druids game and I, I've, she's never asked and I sort of strongly suspect she's got absolutely zero interest in, she's not not keen on football and uh, yeah, not not going to love coming to the Druids, I don't think. <laughs> I guess when my kids get old enough, then maybe that'll, uh, that, maybe that'll start, maybe we'll make it more of a family outing then. Yeah. And we've, talked about a lot of the, the positives there. Has there. Has there ever been a time where you've been travelling home and you thought, Oh, fuck this it's been really difficult not sure if i want to come again next year not really i think the only thing i'd say on that on that side is a bit like any time when you see old friends again and you tend to kind of get a bit excited and have a few too many drinks and yeah. you know you're you're really enthusiastic about the good old days and it's great and you're going to be in touch way more and all that kind of thing 
And then as you sort of go home and it's kind of dark Sunday night and you've got work coming up Monday morning and all that kind of thing, it can feel pretty bleak, you know, as you sort of, you know, after a weekend we've been to a wedding or a stag do or away with friends or whatever. Sometimes I wonder if the sort of aftermath, you know, is worse than the good, you know, is is, is lower than that to not 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 uh, good enough to make up for the high of being there. But, you know, that wears off and then given a few days. So I guess like for like three or four days after each druidship, I'm never going again. Uh, but then that's why we do it annually. You've got plenty of time to forget your mistakes and yeah. be ready to go. And again, I guess because you're only doing sort of a hand, one or two games a year, makes it a little, a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. And obviously it's expensive because of the travel and hotels and whatever. So I mean, we only stay in the in the travel lodge. Actually, if you, in the beginning of Welcome to Wrexham, if, you, if you've watched the Ryan Reynolds uh, series, they they... I can't remember if they put the word Wrexham or the word Hollywood, but there's a they put the big like Hollywood style letters up on this big sort of well, we've always referred to it as a slag heap uh, because I mean I think that is what it is. It's a it's a pile a big pile. It's like a small mountain of mining sort of leftovers, which is on the edge of Wrexham. Yeah. And in the background there, you can see the travel lodge where we've always stayed. <laughs> so we've always we've always said that the way home, if you're lost in Wrexham on the end of the night out, you just have to look for the slag heap to find your way home. <laughs> and then, yeah, like I say, it features right at the beginning in the sort of credits of Welcome to Wrexham. They've put Hollywood letters up. Like, yeah, as I say, it either says Wrexham or Hollywood. I can't remember. I guess it says Wrexham. Excellent. Excellent. And you mentioned then the, the cup final, which was, was did you say that was at Bangor? So who was that against? That was against one of the good team, you know, one of the sort of perennial good teams, which in the old days, I think Barry Town were, but I think this was probably TNS. I think they've been, they've definitely played in green and white, which I think TNS do. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those, all the games get somewhat sort of mixed together in your mind. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I know the Druids lost two nil, uh, and I remember getting to that game and the, them saying that because of like Welsh FA rules, there would be no beer at the bar. I remember thinking this is gonna be a long one, uh, and then yeah, the Druid, the Druids put up a good fight, but uh, yeah, those the the gulp a bit like in, I guess again like in Scotland, uh, the the gap between the sort of TNSs and the teams like the Druids is. Is pretty big and so we we didn't really expect too much from that game and unfortunately we didn't get it yeah because i think <clears throat> certainly one time barrytown and tns were either full-time or certainly paying a good amount of money weren't they yeah i think so and they, they did have didn't they sort of players you'd heard of sort of thing coming down from you know yeah coming from professional clubs in england which is yeah it's a different level i think yeah, to i'm almost kind of... certain akin fenwer played for barrytown at some point I'm sure of that. I would have to check, but I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. But I guess at Kef and Druids, and you can have a drink like round the pitch while you're watching. You actually can't. No, you can't. T- you can't take your beer out to the. Oh, uh, thing. I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like this whole thing's about alcohol, which is not. <laughs> uh, but no, you can't. But that, I think that's actually quite good because we we normally get to the clubhouse about half past twelve before a sort of two thirty kickoff. So I think by the time it gets to two thirty, everyone can do with a bit of fresh air and uh, <laughs> maybe lay off the lay off a pint for a bit. And you said they provide food. Is that like the players' food as well that you're all sort of sharing afterwards? I'm not really sure. They normally just do us like a sort of plates of like sausages and chips and that kind of thing. I can't remember what the players have or where they whether they sit down for food. I hope they get, you know, pasta and I don't know, 
kidney beans or <laughs> it's me showing my expert knowledge i don't know whatever professional whatever professional footballer should be eating after a game yeah not sausage and chips i'd say no <laughs> and then so <clears throat> given all your the experiences that you've had over the past 20 years or so is there one particular thing that does make you keep going back i know you said it's the the fact that you were welcomed by the people there is there anything else that is sort of drawn I think you really in? what it's become is it's the way that our group of friends from those days gets together because yeah. it's absolutely in the you know it's in the wedding vows it's in the calendar <laughs> I mean it's not it's not in everyone's wedding vows obviously but uh it, it's is that I think that's the thing it's like seeing a bunch of mates who we we're still close friends and we sort of see each other at various things here and there and some of us live close together and some of us don't but it's the it's the only thing in the calendar where we'll all get together unless there's like a big wedding or whatever yeah um so you know you're going to see those guys at that place you don't have to think about it really you don't have to plan it we sort of know that we know the drill we know what to expect um so i think it's that and i think it probably has served a real purpose in keeping that group of friends together because we you know we don't get together and talk about work and you know how this or that is going it's straight into you know walking but it's like going back in time it's like being able to revisit 2001 once a year um which is obviously with your you know with your friends of that age the, the mates you make when you're 20 should hopefully be you know among your best friends it's you know it's a good time of your life hopefully and so we we're able to kind of revisit that at least in a way i mean the hangovers get worse yeah uh, but, <laughs> but we're able to yeah go back to that and um always able to kind of pick up where we left off with you know all the stories of previous trips and stupid things that have happened and yeah so i think i think it's that i mean obviously the club make that possible for us i don't want to downplay the the club's role in it but i think it's also that for our group of friends that it's just become a, a way that we all keep in touch yeah and it's great and i think actually it's <clears throat> It can be quite easy to lose touch with people, can't it? Particularly when you get old and you start having a family and you're living in different areas. So the fact that you've got that, I think, is... Well, exactly, just amazing. the sheer level of sort of babysitters and, you know, boring stuff that needs to be organised to get a bunch of middle-aged dads together. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. It just, it kind of cuts through that. It means we know, you know, that people know that each other will be there. You don't have to sort of think, oh, God, is such and such going to make it? I mean, as as you as I've said people miss the occasional trip but the kind of core group there pretty much can be relied upon to to be there at that place in time actually i think we need to get around to think about our next date for the next one <laughs> yeah and okay well i know we're, we're running out of time but do you what are the plans for sort do you have any plans for sort of future trips yeah i mean we're, we every year we say next year we're going to make it a massive one we're going to contact everyone who's ever come we're going to sort of you know really kind of promote it and you know get other kind of football enthusiasts to come in and it'd be amazing if we got 500 people along to a druids game and make it a real kind of festival of, of other people who kind of get what this thing is yeah. um you know as I, I think i said to you like the sometimes i can be talking to someone at work or at a wedding or whatever and just get into a chat and start talking about this and some people light up and go wow that's amazing you know I, me and my friends do something similar or whatever and some people just look at you like what what is wrong with you this is the biggest waste of time i've ever heard of uh so it'd be good we we often talk about how could we get more kind of 
more people to come along and, and make it a bigger thing and obviously help the club because you know it'd be great for them if more and more people come along and it kind of raise their profile and you know helps them you know helps them run you know with more tickets sold and beer sold at the bar and that kind of thing but normally we have that conversation you know at the beginning of the trip you know in the first hour we're gonna like next year we're gonna make it massive and then we do nothing about it and <laughs> how, how much is a ticket it's a good question. I think it's kind of historically been about a fiver, but quite often they just we we sort of go and have a look at the sort of you know we're sort of wandering around inside the club and through the changing rooms. Like if we if we've been having a kick around before, they let us kind of let us kind of go to the changing room, leaves our stuff there. So we ca- I think we kind of have been able just to wander out from the clubhouse into the into the stands, as it were. So sometimes you have to even loop back to pay if you're being super honest. So. Uh, yeah, it's about a fiver, so it's not going to break the bank for anybody. No, okay. And it's did you say it's the twentieth anniversary next yeah, year? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to double check. Yeah, so this will I, this this one coming in this calendar year. So this will be in sort of late summer, early in the season, early next season. Um, will be our twentieth sort of official trip. So taking out the cup final in the European game. Um, so yeah, I don't know what we'll do for that. We, I'm sure we will contact people who've have been before but yeah anyone that's listening wants to come along to the druids it's yeah it's open to the public and you know other people that love football and think this is either well i think everyone thinks it's stupid but some people think it's funny and stupid and some people just think it's stupid if you think it's funny and stupid do come along and uh, <laughs> get involved i think yeah as you said it's a bit tongue-in-cheek isn't it and it you know it's a bit of fun but actually what people will relate to is having that connection with a club the people involved at that club, travelling away with your mates, having that experience with your friends, watching some sport, regardless of the of the level. You know, I'm I'm a big sort of non-league advocate. And, you know, I think it doesn't matter if you're watching superstars or someone who does, you know, work in the butchers Monday to Friday, you still have admiration for them, don't you? You still um, sort of get the same feelings, regardless of the, the level that they're playing at. So I'm sure people will um you know relate to that and, and really enjoy the story so thanks very much for coming on i know we're running out of time so we'll leave it there but I, i'm really grateful um and i hope it all goes well in the future i'll certainly be watching out for for all of your future trips yeah pleasure great to talk to you tom thank, thank you, you. Thank you.